What is up my loves? Welcome back to another episode of Just Press Foreplay Casual Affairs. Today is Monday, March 8th. Usually we have these episodes out early in the morning. Today we have it out late afternoon because it's <laughs> been a fucking day. Yay for being a couple and working through problems. <laughs> <laughs> Yay for moving and then not moving and then maybe we're moving and then we're not moving. And then maybe just going to visit. And then it's not Monday! Going to <laughs> Monday madness. Here we go. Here we are. Hello. Welcome. Glad you could make it. Glad we could make it. <laughs> Today is International Women's Day. So in honor of that, this episode is brought to you by Artistry Ideal Radiance, illuminating milky emulsion moisturizer for combination and oily skin. This is one of my favorite products. I use it every day. I use it on my T-zone because that shit be oily as fuck. And then I break out and then it's just a whole entire mess and I hate it. Milky emulsion has saved my life. It's creamy. It's beautiful. It's milky. My face loves Not it. Not the only creamy thing her face loves. Nope. <laughs> Made with a patent blend of white chai seed, pomegranate extract for antioxidant protection, and pearl protein extract to even skin tone and treat visible dark spots. This product is a little bit on the higher end of things that are available through our affiliate link, but this one will get you 146 perk points. Don't forget to sign up as a customer. You can do that on our website, justpressforeplay.com, J-U-S-T-P-R-E-S-S-F-O-R-E-P-L-A-Y.com. Top right corner, you will find both of our links for both of our shops. One of them is labeled Susie's shop. One of them is labeled Pat's shop. Either one, you'll get the same um, deals, same discounts. Orders over $100 will get you free shipping. Okay, so today we we watched something interesting. We watched um, Room 2806, The Accusations, and it brought to light a lot of information regarding kind of how the Me Too moment started. Um, after watching this, I almost felt like the wrong narrative was pushed and it almost backfired in a way where it shouldn't have. And the reason being is because of media involved and money involved. The publicity of it just blew it out of proportion and allowed so many different power moves to come out of it that it was just... It became a victimization of the victim and more victimizing of her and just creating this huge catastrophe of her while taking the spotlight off the perpetrator entirely. Yeah, and at the end of watching this, we find out that he never, not even once, had to speak his statement on what had happened in the room. Yep. Not once not throughout time. this entire trial. And I didn't even catch that watching this show until they said it at the end. And then you think about it and you're like, holy fuck, they literally spun this web so much that you didn't even realize that certain measures weren't being taken. Exactly. It was a very one-sided yeah. debacle. So I, my first time experiencing the Me Too conversation, we were at one of our friend's house at an outdoor like dinner party kinda. And it was a group of older than myself people talking they're all probably like 25 years older than me. Myself, people. Where was this? At, I can't say it on here because then I'll be saying their name. Um, so they're older than me and they were all talking about this topic. And I wanted to bring something up, but I felt like it wasn't the right environment to do it. Because they were saying that... they Because they had grown up in this era where... Hollywood was just becoming a huge thing. You sleep with people who are big directors because you want, want a foot in the door. 
you kind of know what goes along with going to certain parties because it's expected that they, you know, they, they feel invincible. They it's feel like, high it's and like mighty. Te- teetering on that consensual non-consent kind of boundary. But I want something from negative. you and you obviously want something from me. Right. And it's like sex sells, but in a different way. So they're all talking about it in this light of like, no, those women knew exactly what they're getting into. So now that we are 20 years later and they're bringing up cases that were, you know, oh, this happened five years ago. This happened 10 years ago. It happened 15 years where ago. Where the line was just drawn, where it got crossed a little bit too far, but you're in a position where you can't really speak up. No, no, no. So they were saying that these women who were speaking up were doing it as a publicity stunt. Their careers have now fizzled and so they're wanting to re-spark that. This is a conversation that was happening at the party that we were at. And that's the reason that these women are coming forward now. But to me, what I was seeing was these young girls are coming out of Disney and Nickelodeon extremely traumatized. They have drug issues. They have self-esteem issues. All of these things are coming forward in their mentality. And so these women who are part of that industry first were essentially the role models of it first. And so they're seeing the next generation come in and not necessarily, not being weaker than they were, but also not understanding the consent that was there when they got in. Right. They they knew it's what they were doing to get involved. Now these young girls are kind of in the middle of it. They don't really know what they're doing to get involved, but they have moms that are pushing them to be more Much beautiful. More to be about it. Mm-hmm. And so that consent can't really be there because you don't fully understand. And so when it all came out, my thinking was... First of all, this is being misconstrued because it should be a movement of look at the minds of the young girls that are coming up. It's more of a warning. It's not that I want to ruin your career now. It should have been more that I want to warn these young girls who are coming up into Hollywood now that this isn't the way to do it. Right. This is the mistakes we made. Learn from it. Yeah. And it's like that message never got brought to light or communicated it's not about (laughs) women empowering women it's not about the sisterhood of how can we be better and instead it got turned into this let's exhaust every single detail in the traumatizing event that happened to you explain to me in excruciating detail moment by moment what traumatized you and more than that they go into their history they go into their past they want to know every little detail about your life well that's the district attorney in the show we were watching was interrogating her about every aspect of her life, how she got into this country, why she came to this country. And through that intimidation, she kind of got caught in this, in this cycle of not really knowing what to say Yeah. because the things she had to do to get into this country, she had to lie on her, on her thing. And so at what point do you actually start believing that story? Well, what time do you have to continue to stick to that story? And at what point do you let it go? And she's alone in this fight. She doesn't have people who are close to her. She doesn't have a paid team she of has, individuals no covering her ass for shit. She's not this like seventh most important person in the world who has millions and millions of dollars and his wife has millions and millions more of dollars. Right. She's just a woman doing her job, working in the hotel came to America for a better life and got taken advantage of. Yep. And he has the money to completely cover it up. He has the money to spin the story in whatever way he wants to keep his mouth shut to tell him hey no don't sew anything and you'll be fine Mm -hmm. there's no accountability no accountability at all and the saddest part about it is it's two separate countries so you have the u.s looking at all of these things we dismiss him basically and he goes back to his country and all of this is like common knowledge 
well, that he it, behaves this way. He, when they got back, the the movie portrayed him then coming back and like celebrating him and being. They like, were almost excited that he came. Yeah. Back. Well, and then just for him to start a prostitution ring. <laughs> well, and it's crazy because France has a more sexually explicit nature to their lifestyle. And so I feel like for a lot of the women who had come in contact with him, all of them would say it was just his nature. That's kind of how he is as an individual. He that's is no, that way. Right, but that's not an excuse. So where is the accountability in those moments? That's what that's I want. Disgusting. That's what I want to put attention to. Where's the accountability for the women who are strong enough to say no, but don't necessarily get put in those situations where they're completely traumatized and taken advantage of and abused because they know what kind of an individual he is. And so they don't allow themselves to be put in that position. Right. But where's the warning for the other women who don't know who he is? Or or don't have the backbone to necessarily stand up for themselves. Or don't know how. Because exactly. it's like when you're when you're in those fight or flight modes, you don't necessarily know how you respond. Some people completely freeze and don't know what to do at all. And the other thing that was crazy to me because have you worked in a hotel before? Kind of. Not like you did. Okay. So I've worked in two separate hotels. One of them was a very small hotel and it was the restaurant of it. Um, and then one of them was in the middle of the city and a much bigger scale restaurant or hotel and restaurant. And there's no procedure put in place for how to protect yourself when it's just you and a guest and a room. And your word against their word. It's, it does. Yeah. It, yeah. That thought doesn't even come up in all of the training that I had done. Cause they do the extensive training as if you're going to work in the hotel department, even if you're working in the restaurant. Right. None of it was talked about. I had my own things I would do to make sure that I felt safe. But if you have someone who's naive and not, not naive in the way that they're not educated, just naive in the way of like, if something like that's never happened to you before, you don't think to watch out for certain things, you know? Right. Where working in the restaurant industry, you know how shady people can be in general. So then elevating into a hotel type of environment, I already had certain reservations about things. So like we're expected to take food up to the table, to the people's rooms. Right. But they don't tell you, don't go in their room. That's not something that's told. No, I, at the one hotel experience I had, I was actually told that if the guest wants you to, you're supposed to go in the room. Exactly. And for me as a male, that that's fine. But for the females, you can't go in there by yourself because you don't know what's going to happen. Well, and yeah, but... I, I, I believe that every hotel should send two or more people per room. They should, but what I like, I had to do my own things to make sure that I wasn't expected to go into the room. Right. So I would always make sure that I took a cart with me, one of those big push wheel carts. That way you can just leave it in there and they can roll it themselves. Stop. Because I would put it in front of the door. I would be on the other side. So I would be here. I would have the cart in front of me and then Mm -hmm. I would knock on their door. So when they open the door, it's almost like a table outside of their door. Right. I wouldn't go in the room and I wouldn't have the precedent set that I'd be okay to go in the room. Right. And by me putting that cart there removes that possibility. Exactly. Why did I do that? Because there was a time when I didn't do that. I opened the door and the guy said, oh, go ahead and set it on the table. And like, for me, that's a sudden moment of like, no, how about you take the tray and I'll leave? But you can't say that. Right, because you're, it's a guest. And out of fight or flight, I did just walk in. I didn't even, like, I, I kind of thought twice, but I also didn't think twice. 
and just walked in and put it on the table. But it's like those small moments of being caught off guard are the moments that dictate what's going to happen next. Right, exactly. So if that gentleman was checking the behavior of people who come into the hotel, you know, like you don't know these people. They come from all over the all fucking over the place. World. Yeah. And and if you're someone who's just so easily like, oh, cool, yeah, I'll come sit out on the table. You're super friendly. What happens if they request you next time? Yeah, you got to be really careful in that situation. What if they, just like this woman's case where he pretended to not be in the room, like these procedures aren't put in place. And so I feel like it's up to us to put these procedures in place for the people that we care about. Like from that point, if I was ever training anyone on how to do room service, I would make sure to say those things. Exactly. I would make sure to tell them like, be careful for this, this, or this. Because you have no control over it. And it's so and it's, common. And it's way better to be aware and not put yourself in those situations than have to learn the hard way. Yeah. And it's so common in a hotel setting that these things are massively just brushed under the rug because the hotel is not willing to lose a high paying client. And so what are they going to do? Nothing's going to be done about it. No, absolutely not. Well, in this video, we did see the security guards being pretty excited for this all to come to light. Yeah. But then again, at the same time, the other person has so much money and it becomes a that public That then they debacle. swapped the narrative into, oh, these guys were trying to overthrow, blah, blah, blah. It becomes well, a plot against him. Right. And it's like, well, actually, these guys probably could have, probably knew. Because when you work in a hotel, you know the guests that come in that are sleazy. And you see what goes it's up common the room knowledge. Them, especially as a security person watching mm -hmm. all the film and all the videotape and everything. And, and they give themselves away because they always, they can't help themselves but make these quiet remarks. And it even said at the beginning, he had, he would always say, send one of the girls to my room for champagne. And it's like these types of comments can't go left alone because when those, those comments, when those ones are left alone, that's the moment of, of accountability that needs to happen right then. And there's when the front desk per person should have said, no, 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 you know, we don't do that. Exactly. Or you you can have a playful response to it, but accountability still needs to be like slapped in their face and made aware. My grandpa always taught me that when I was young, he was like, if you're out walking by yourself, you can't prevent things from happening to you. But if you bring awareness to your surroundings and you're assertive head on with what you feel uncomfortable with, you can prevent it from happening to you because you've shed light on it right there. Exactly. You've taken the time you've nipped it in the bud as they say yeah like if i'm walking down the street and i'm scared and i feel like someone's following me i'm not gonna walk faster <laughs> because if i walk faster shows fear they're gonna walk faster yeah if i walk faster they're basically backing me into a corner they can direct me wherever they want because now i'm operating out of fear and an emotion if i level. turn around and stare at them and just fucking stand there and stare at them can i fucking help you what's gonna happen they're gonna feel uncomfortable something is gonna change you the narrative the of what was going to happen. Exactly. And so I just really want to empower people to speak up in those small moments because those small moments are what bring to light the bigger moments. And we're neglecting somewhere, somewhere along the line, something, and it's allowing these people in power to feel and act invincible because there's no consequences for them because they can afford to get out of it. And so it's like, and then the other thing that I, I want to know why these things are always done so publicly, because it's almost like the more public it is, 
the easier it is for them to spin a narrative in the favor of the abuser. Yep, very much so. And it's like more people don't want to come out and speak about this because it's almost more traumatizing having to get the details out of what happened to you. And there's not actually any justice there. Why is he not being interrogated to the point where he's broken down and his mental can no longer function properly and, and his, his stories are getting... Exactly. Because that's what needed to happen. Exactly. We don't need to be interrogating the victim. And, and the sad part about it is it sets the precedence in the future for rich, powerful men to be getting away with stuff. Yep. And people are scared. Exactly. They're scared because to speak up because like, their livelihoods are destroyed. It. They tried to fight it and they failed. So what makes me think that I can fight it if I don't have any money either? Yeah, and it's not even that they that they failed. It's that you are then publicly embarrassed, and you are publicly questioned. Are you lying? Or are Your you just coming after someone? Yeah, and it's like she got a settlement of like one point one point five million. But what is that money compared to the traumatizing event that happened to and with, her? And with him still running about doing whatever he wants. Yeah, like yeah, that's compensation. Good. She can at least try and live some type of life. But what's that money to him? Nothing. A fucking rug. Yeah. Is what that he's is. He's going to make that back in a year, if not less. Yeah. It's the rug that he brushed the shit under and he's going to go and he's going to do it again. Yep. Because he wasn't publicly embarrassed. She, she was, was publicly embarrassed. And then that creates the other narrative of these women who do come forward, who weren't assaulted, but want to play the power move to bring someone down. Just to try and get that money. Yep. And to me, that's the most toxic because you're depleting the truth of every victim that ever existed. And again, you're setting another terrible precedent. Mm-hmm. And it's because you want money and it's just about money. And you're not willing to actually go work for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, power moves versus financial invincibility. It's like, God. it's terrifying that this is what... Our world has come to. Yeah. If you have the money, you can get out of it. And that's just... It's Where all it over soon. Ugh. March Madness is almost so, over, you guys. April's going to be a wonderful month for it the is. world. It is. Um, but the reason why I wanted to bring this episode up for Monday is because on Thursday, we have an amazing powerhouse of a woman, Bobby Badoshka. And she wrote a book called Sexual Intelligence in Business. And it's kind of centered around the whole Me Too movement. It's centered around her experience being in the business world and the type of power dynamics that have come about because of it. So it's a little bit of an introduction to that. We'll be talking to her on Thursday, and I'm extremely, extremely excited. Um, if you would like to get a little bit of a preview of who she is, Sexual Intelligence in Business is the name of her book, Bobby Badoshka. Did you want to add anything else for today? No. 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 <laughs> I just want our own property. Yeah. You guys, I'm ready to have property. You can buy land, buy land. Being in someone else's property is not as fun. We want to have a garden. We want to grow food. I want the dogs to be able to run around. We want a life we can trust. Is that so hard to know, ask right? for? <laughs> um, I also have a fun little song to end this today's episode. Good up. It is a song that will unite the universe. <laughs> <laughs> so enjoy. We will talk to you guys on Thursday and again next Monday. This song is called Ping Pong Backwards by Maddox Ryder, a.k.a. my mom's boyfriend. <laughs>
He actually plays the guitar really, really well, so if you want to check out some more of his music, you can find him on SoundCloud, and I will put, I will type out his name in the description of this episode. Don't forget to like and subscribe! Smoke, I said, this song's for you. Right.